This is a story about love. Like she's a she's a she's a, a go getter and an adventurer. Music. Pick me up right out of high school, like right the second the bell rang, came pick me up, and we drove straight to Florida. That's a, a memory that I don't think of often, but when it does come up, like I cherish it, and I tell people that, and they're like, "Wow, your mom sounds so cool." And Christoph Waltz. This is Sydney's story. Sydney May Diaz was born in Queens, New York, and is such a firecracker of a human being. He's been gracing our screens um, in many, many roles on some amazing TV shows and films. Most recently, starring alongside Christoph Waltz, the inimitable Christoph Waltz, in the hit Prime TV show The Consultant. Sydney is super musical. Um, we talk a lot in this episode about how he shares his kind of musical interests and, and love of bands with his mum. Uh, he is himself an incredibly talented singer-songwriter for Anxious Hum, which is obviously where you can find him on Instagram. Sydney's mum grew up in Cuba and came over to the US when she was a little bit younger. She met Sydney's dad, had Sydney, um, and as they say, the rest is history. What's interesting though, is talking with Sydney about his mixed parentage and growing up as the kid of an immigrant, a Cuban immigrant in New York in, I guess, the late 90s. Sydney, by his own admission, is not a fantastic Spanish speaker. And much like myself, I'm not a fantastic Farsi speaker. My dad is from Iran. And that's something we both share, which is a sort of a feeling of real connection and love for our respective families. His on his um, Cuban side, me on my Iranian side. But perhaps a little uh, frustration at sometimes the inability to connect on a deeper level because of language. This is upbeat. This is lovely. This is soul food. This is Sydney's story, part one on My Mum Made Me. My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show. And I'm going to ask you a favour if you are, please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first. And of course, it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting. And every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. I normally start these sessions, Sydney, with a story from my mum. Um, and I don't know if you've listened to previous episodes, but the, the kind of headline with my mom is uh, eccentric, lesbian, vegan, loving woman. Uh, it's probably the shortest way I can describe it. Um, eccentric because, and I'll, I'll give you an example, and this is partly the story. So I'm getting married in August, which is very exciting to my partner. Um, thank you. Uh, so he's called Adam. And so I, I, I have a sort of, quite a, a loving and interesting family setup in that respect in the sense that my mom's gay I'm gay uh, as well and we were visiting her a couple of months back uh, and asked her for her opinion on a couple of things to do with the wedding so um, she has advised us uh, that actually having a vegan wedding 
would be preferable. Um, and let me tell you, that's that's a difficult thing to do in Italy, particularly when the traditional uh, feast, it would seem, is like a roast boar in the part of Italy that we're going to. But anyway, that's not the story. The story is um, we wanted some inspiration for kind of what to wear. Um, and she sort of paused and thought long and hard about it and then said, well, I think what I'd love to see you both in is a tight white lace bodice. And I was just like, my first reaction was, what the hell is a bodice? So I had to Google it. And obviously, you know, I now know what a bodice is. Um, and my second reaction was, I just don't think that is congruous with anything you've ever seen me uh, dressed in. Um, and, and kind of my partner, Adam, said you know, the, the same thing. And her response was, well, you know, I think your people embrace that sort of dress. And I think you should too. So she was fully like guilt tripping me for not getting into my queerness enough which was one thing um and then we sort of said well look have you ever seen us in in anything like this um and she said of course no but i i actually secretly think my mum was not happy enough with a gay son she she genuinely wanted like a trans son uh, or daughter and mum i i know you're going to listen to this i'm sorry that i could not provide but you know them's 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 the cards my question, my question, Sydney, is um, what would you have done in a similar situation? Slash, what, would, what do you think your mum uh, would have recommended you wear at, yeah, I don't know if you are married, but at your future wedding, what do you think her answer would be? I, I am not married. Um, I think I just would have been like, thanks for the suggestion. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take it into consideration. Probably not pull the trigger on that but yeah um, a a good thought thanks (laughs) she is a special woman and do you know what would be um, wonderful actually is just to surprise her just on the day buy that tight white body laced bodice uh and just strut strut myself down the aisle now tell us about give us give us a sort of the background on your mom Uh, what i'd love for you to do is sort of just paint a mental picture of um, her sort of independently of being your your mom, your one of your parents, and you know what your kind of memories of her are or were from being a kid, because I think that's just so interesting to understand how you remember your mom when you were when you were younger. Um, well, my mother was um, born in Cuba and came along to the states, moved to New York, Queens, New York. Um, with her family when she was very, very young. Um, and grew up as, you know, a, a, a tough New Yorker. That's how I've always seen my mom, even though she hasn't lived in New York for quite some time now. Um, and I have, I have a very vivid picture of her in my head as 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 someone who's incredibly independent and has always made her own choices and that's definitely something that i always clocked from a very young age and take with me and aspire to project in my own life to make very strong bold choices um and have the confidence to back it up um so that's that's just um 
I mean, there are many aspects to my mom, but that is one aspect that I, I always think of. That is so cute to hear you kind of talk in that language um, about her. What would you say about your mom has, has inspired who you've become in terms of your craft? Like, is she particularly sort of musical or, or kind of creative in that respect? She, she does photography and she um and does a lot of like home design stuff but i think that as a young person she was really shied away from pursuing art as a career and i don't think that necessarily like she she took the quote unquote smart route because that is how she like the like financially safe financially smart route um because i think that's how she was encouraged to move as a young person and though you know it 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 set her up to be able to you know have a family um i'm not sure it necessarily made her happy or fulfilled the things that she wanted to fulfill so when i expressed wanting to be an artist um and take acting classes and and be a musician um she was and still is my absolute number one fan like i <laughs> i um don't think i i i i mean i think i would have been able to do whatever i could without my parents support um just because i know there's nothing else in life that i want to do but having her support and having her so gung-ho about it uh it's it's definitely made you know, pursuing art a lot easier. And um, it's just nice to know that, like, I always, I always, always, always have her in my corner. And you'd expect nothing less from uh, a loving mom as well. You said she perhaps suspended or didn't quite pursue some of the things that she, she may have been interested in. How is her story in that respect unfinished? Sort of, is, is there a sort of an almost a parallel or kind of different plot line which would have seen your mum go off in a different direction had she felt had the confidence or um the resources to pursue those more creative endeavors do you think um well i think i don't know what her life would have looked like had she pursued it from the age early on and it's not something i have given much thought to be honest um I don't even know if me or my brothers would be in the picture if that was the case. Um, but uh, she it's not like she never pursued it. it. She pursued it later in life. And it was it was something that, you know, I can tell that makes her very happy. And um, when I was getting out of school, like she she was my headshot photographer. She took my first headshots and, um, you know, I. It's just um it's just wonderful to get to see uh her doing things that make her happy, you know? Um because she wasn't, you know, supported in how I am supported as a as a young artist. Right. And it's part of that, and one thing I'd love to get into, is part of that because, you know, she I guess was an immigrant coming to a new country and and all of the 
kind of challenges, both positive and negative, than that entails in terms of, you know, setting up a new network, setting up your kind of home career, et cetera. The thing I, well, that's one question. The other sort of bit to it, Sydney, is how, how was it, without sort of sounding too blunt, how was it growing up with immigrant, or at least one immigrant parent in the States in the time that you grew up? And part of the reason I ask is, you know, I, I too have an immigrant parent. My dad came from Iran um, to the UK. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting for me to share the perspectives of the second generation, right? Like the sort of the culture clash, et cetera. Did you have that? Were you kind of aware as a kid that mom had come from a different place and did it have a bearing on how you saw yourself? Um, well, to, to answer the first part of the question, I do think that because my grandparents brought you know, their family and their kids to a new country. I think that had a lot to do with, um, you know, being swayed from pursuing art. I, 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 at least that's how I see it. I, I think that had something to do with it. I'd never, you know, spoke to my grandparents about it while they were still here, but, um, I, it's, it's, yeah, I, I definitely see that to be, um, a reason. Maybe they had other reasons as well, but, I always think like if a parent is 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 persuading their kid to maybe not study something so um unpredictable I I'd say the root of that is uh financial stability. So there's to answer the first part of the question. Um and to answer the the second part of the question um I grew I grew up with the knowledge that my my mother was was born in Cuba they brought the family here um but it never really as a kid I didn't really see myself too different or feel too different than anyone else I was raised around I mean I it there was a great amount of diversity where I grew up in New York and um you know there I, I grew up with a lot of people who come from all different backgrounds who also have immigrant parents um and I, yeah it, it was not something that I felt like really set me apart I mean if, if I felt different from anyone else it had nothing to do with my my mother um being born in a different country um and my dad is born in New York he lived in Puerto Rico a little bit as a kid and I'd say the only I guess it, I I didn't feel too different also because I I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker like both of my parents speak Spanish but me and my brothers uh, none of us were taught so I think that also has a big deal to do with it um but it didn't like like I knew stories hearing hearing how things were different when my mom was a kid versus how I'm being raised, but it never, it never really occurred to me or changed the way I felt about myself and comparing myself to others growing up. Yeah. Interesting that you talked about, um, you're not fluent or as fluent as you want to be in, in Spanish. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to hear about like the, the family occasions and I'll, I'll kind of give you, um, my kind of, uh, perspective on it. So my dad um, and mom 
when they were still together they, they got divorced when i was super super young like when i was four or five mm-hmm. uh, but but when my dad was living at home would speak to us in farsi which is the language um of iran and my mom kind of learned enough that she could kind of keep that up as well uh you know um for a year or so after he left but then it kind of waned and so my farsi is like what i would call restaurant farsi which is you know being super polite and ordering food right um and family yeah. occasions are certainly with the iranian side of the family like it, it's noticeable and it's kind of frustrating because you have you know my cousins who've grown up in canada and they are as canadian as they come but at home they speak like full farsi and so there's always that kind of disconnect mm-hmm. but also you know with this with their kind of with our, all of our parents generation and their friends generation um there is a little bit of I, I i get the sense of for me anyway a little bit of maybe slight disappointment they're like oh yeah you're kind of iranian but you can't necessarily converse with us so are you as iranian as we want you to be like is uh, maybe it's not a negative like that but do you kind of feel it at the family occasions where you're like oh god um yes um but not like in a it depends on the family because if they're a little more removed they're kind of like well why don't you speak spanish like i can teach myself a freaking language i don't know um but uh like even just recently spending time with um, my mom and other family that I have in Colorado, uh, you know, there is a lot of Spanish being spoken of the members who do speak Spanish. It's usually like like my mom and her siblings speak Spanish and then like some of the older cousins have like a loose grip on it. I'm on the way younger end of the spectrum of cousins. So by the time it's gotten to me, like none of us really speak Spanish. Um, and like at get togethers it is being spoken and then kind of be like do you understand what we're saying did you, did you get and it's like i have i can understand it way better than i can speak it like yeah. if you're having a conversation in front of me i can get the gist of what is being said but i can't participate because the translating and okay this is what they said this is what i want to say i uh, okay this is how i'm going to say it in spanish and by the time i've done all that it's a, it's it, it's been 10 minutes and the conversation <laughs> has come and gone <laughs> so um yeah i i it's it's less i mean it it's the older i get it's an amazing disappointment to me that i don't speak spanish um and i keep saying that i'm going to one day i'm going to one day and i just think i need to i have duolingo downloaded have i ever opened the app no <laughs> um <laughs> but um yeah i there have been times for some family members like oh like i grew up a lot with people being like you don't speak spanish shame on you and that is such a oh point of anger that even someone recent like i'd say in recent months someone said that some person i didn't even know said that to me at a party and it took a a good deal of strength not to be like um like an explicitive towards them yeah. i didn't i i didn't want to be rude because i didn't know this person it wasn't my house but um I like what gives you the right to say that to me when you don't know me right. and yeah i do carry a great deal of shame for something that's not my fault you know right why do you think they said that i don't know i i think i i think that like people assume that it is your choice when you are a child like 
I want to learn. I like, I, I didn't realize, I, I understand why my parents didn't teach me Spanish, you know, um, or my brothers. I understand they, they want you to assimilate. You don't want to get bullied. You want to be like a good upstanding American citizen, whatever that means. And so I can understand their reasoning. Also, I don't think my dad really, my dad is fluent, but he didn't speak it at home as much as my mom had. So when they were home, it just wasn't spoken. So hence, we didn't learn it growing up. But I think that, I don't know, I think people who don't have parents that speak another language um, probably think that there's some kind of choice in it and that I made the choice that I didn't want to, you know, be bilingual. Right. And interesting what you said about um, the choice of your parents, your parents, parents, etc. I had, I was dating someone who, both of whose um, parents were, uh, sorry, are Japanese. <clears throat> and um, mm -hmm. actually grew up, he grew up on the, either the West Coast of the US as well. But interestingly, um, going back to what you were saying, his grandparents both sets of grandparents made the conscious decision not to speak Japanese at home and instructed both of their kids not to teach their kids um, Japanese because back then, this was at the time of kind of, you know, post-Second World War, a lot of kind of um, phobia against Japan, given the kind of Japan's role in, in the war. There were still Japanese prisoners of war kind of in America as well. So, you know, everything they could do to, not quite everything, but you know expunge this whole idea of them being japanese and, and being seen as japanese they did and so consequently he didn't speak as a, kind of a, a, a job of japanese and that was because of a conscious decision of his grandparents which is kind of going a little bit it's not quite the same but we're going a little bit back to what you were saying around there's always a pressure isn't there for immigrants to quote unquote assimilate and i think part of that pressure can be manifested as right okay cool we kind of want our kids to sound as american or as british as possible do you think that's like a fair kind of characterization yeah i i i can agree with that i i know that uh like spanish-speaking culture is like with every you know different type of immigrant in the states um i know that what i've gone through is not the uh it is not a solely me or solely like spanish speaking um thing it happens to it's it's thing that that are across all cultures where wherever there's like the quote unquote need or or, or feel to be to to assimilate so um yeah, it's um a story told uh, amongst a lot of different people. It's 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 funny for me because I I mean, like I said, I speak kind of restaurant Farsi. However, um, just sort of being around like aunts, uncles, relatives, sort of, you hear like these. I think every language has these kind of strange, untranslatable phrases. Um, so there's two that always spring to mind in Farsi. One of them is "gorbunet um, beram," which sort of roughly translates as "I will kill myself." for you but you say it like really casually like oh hey how are you good like hey how are you i'll kill myself yeah. which is always really weird and the second one is which lucy translates as i will eat your liver which sounds more like a threat right i mean <laughs> but do you have you picked up any of those kind of like not 
yeah, funny or untranslatable family phrases in, in Spanish? I mean, not necessarily. Um, I mean, yeah, if there, if there are any phrases, um, that are being said, I can most likely identify, like, that's something that I hear all the time, but, um, more often than that, it's probably a curse word and not, like, some untranslatable phrase. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) And it's interesting, isn't it, how, um, this is certainly true of, uh, Latin-based, Latina-based languages, but, like, in English, Mm -hmm. the use, the certain curses we don't use curses in a serious way about people's family. Like if you call someone a motherfucker, it's not quite as serious as doing it in like another country, but like in other countries in other cultures, yeah. curses on the family are like the worst curses, particularly anything to do with your mom, which is quite apt that we're talking about this on, on, on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're coming back to your mom. I don't even know her name. Clara. Clara. I'm not serious. Clara. That's name. So we, okay, so Clara came to the States from Cuba, brought some some of the family over as well, um, ha- had a creative, or has a creative streak, went down a, a probably more sort of financially, um, you know, predictable or, or kind of safe route as well. What about Clara today? Sort of paint us a picture of, of how the woman you remember from a, a, a child has sort of evolved or transformed as the woman who she is right now. Well, I still think she is uh, fiercely independent in uh, a really fantastic way. Um, I, I just my my stepdad was just uh, living overseas um, for a little bit, and she went to he was in Germany, so he she would go visit him, and they'd go travel around Europe a little bit, and uh, she's very. Um, zoned in on uh italy and loving italy and wanting to go back and visit and always um like i don't know i it's just it's so amazing to uh i feel like a lot of people are even though she had like a destination somewhere to go she was going to see her husband but i feel like some people um are really skittish about traveling and um she never has has been that way and is always wanting to explore and and see things and go to places she's never been and um every time i'm just like spitballing because i mean i just spent time with her so uh i she it's very fresh in my mind but um uh we go to the zoo a bunch in colorado every single time that i'm there i think i've been more to the colorado zoo (laughs) than any other zoo i've i've been to the zoo more times in the last probably like eight months than in my entire life as a collective um because uh, we like to feed the giraffes. Giraffes in particular, or um, any animal? Because yeah, they let you, they you can buy like little things of lettuce and feed the giraffes. And one of the giraffes had a baby very like recently, so we love to go visit the little. She's so cute. Um, she loves birds. My mom just loves animals in general. Um, she has a bunch of bird feeders, and is always like, "Oh, that's this guy, and this one, and." names them and uh is always chasing away the pigeons because they eat all the seeds and um because <laughs> she wants the cooler um birds to come along and um yeah i just think she's a really uh, wonderful wonderful person i call her every day um sometimes multiple times a day uh 
I, it's it's part of my my morning routine, which I haven't done yet today. But what I will most likely do today, um, the second we hang up, is uh, I I make um a cup of tea. I put it in my little you know to go cup. I go for a walk around the park across the street, and I we just talk on the phone, just you know shooting, just casual conversation, nothing nothing too much and maybe she's working or maybe she's running errands um but uh that's it's yeah it's very much integrated in my in my daily routine super cute what are the bits of you Mm -hmm. that come out only when she's around this is gonna sound negative but it's not it's it's more of a self-reflection than anything but sometimes i i just get like when we spend a lot of time together and like physically like together not like talking on the phone all the time but like sometimes there's like a bit of agitation sometimes but that stems from the fact that we're both so similar and um there yeah it it, it sounds it sounds bad but it, it, it's not a good thing it, i mean not a bad thing it's a good thing because it allows me to um you know hold up a mirror to myself on maybe things that I have to work on or maybe it's like well why are you being so why are you so frustrated and it's like well if this is frustrating to you maybe it's something that you need to change within yourself or just be more aware of in relation to like relationships with other people but that's not a that's not a her thing that's more a me thing um but yeah, we're we're very we're very very similar, and sometimes that can maybe rub me the wrong way. But I don't I don't. That's not something I I, I put on her. Um, I know what you mean about the agitation part because I think when you when you know someone so well, um, and so intimately as many kids do with their own parents, but it sounds like you have a particularly close relationship with yours the um you can afford to let yourself get a bit agitated and afford to kind of just you know not put on airs and graces let your walls down let the facade come off and just be the kind of raw authentic you right and part of that is not always Mm -hmm. being one note and not always being happy and always being zen right it's it's all of those things and you know some of the kind of rougher edges and i think that's the most beautiful thing about it right Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree i am I uh, I definitely um, I feel very obviously comfortable around around my mom and um, can be um, very honest with her and um, we do have a very close relationship and yeah sometimes some you can't be every happy go lucky all the time and sometimes when we're spending a lot of time together it's like oh i i need i need like a break i need to go sit in the room or something just like scroll on my phone but um again that's more that's more of a it holding a mirror to my face rather than um reflecting any qualities in her um but yeah i'd say uh, other things that are brought out when we're together is uh just like laughing about a lot about anything and everything i think of a lot of laughter um whether it's about you know something silly one of the birds or the pets did or animal videos online um 
or just joking about like you know people we know or it, it, anything that that there's a a form of a form of laughter that uh, I I only think my mom can evoke out of me maybe my dad too but like our relationships are different they're both strong we're both close but I I definitely have different relationships with my parents what it, well let, let's get into that a little bit because I I'm sure you don't mean it in a necessarily negative way but why do you think you've got mm-hmm. that kind of mum Sydney and dad Sydney in terms of the relationships that you have and perhaps the parts of you that come out when it's just either one of them yeah I just think it's because they're they're different people I mean um like I don't talk to my dad every day on the phone but that's just because like he you know my mom works from home and my dad goes into an office every day and uh and though I know that he he's got his routine, he goes goes to work, comes back, and what he wants to do is watch whatever sports game is playing to decompress for the day, and that's something that I respect and um, want him to enjoy and decompress. So I know that I'm like, okay, the second he gets to work, maybe unless I like need to talk to him about something specific, like that's a little off limits. So I, during the work week, I kind of just let him because I know he's got uh things to do and um you know he wants to watch the Knicks or the Mets or the Jets or someone anyone play something and and um, for our for our British and, listeners uh, the Knicks the Mets the Jets they're not his friends they're like sports teams which sport yes they're they're all they're the New York sports which, teams, like yeah. baseball football um, the Mets, the Mets are football. You can hear me. The Mets are football. The Mets are baseball. The Knicks are basketball. Well, this the is education. Football. Thank you. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I know like during the week, like, um, unless like something specific has to be handled, like I, 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 I usually reserve weekends for like, that's when I'll call dad and we'll we'll talk and catch up or and even when I'm visiting back home like weekends during the week it's I I will see and hang out with whoever and then when it's weekend time like I have that time reserved for my dad for us to go either uh you know like just take a drive somewhere go get something to eat or go to the driving range because my dad loves golf and I'm not a golfer but I love my dad so I like to spend time with him and do what he likes to do um and like my mom on the other hand has a little more uh availability so i talk to her quite often and yeah it's my my relationship with my parents is different and it's not in a negative way it's just because they are different people with different lives and different interests even though there are some that overlap um like music i think definitely overlaps with my parents but i have to i have to ask now is there a particular Mm -hmm. artist or is it like a style of music? It's Grimes, isn't it? You all love oh, Grimes. Yeah. My... <laughs> no. Um, my parents, I've been listening to The Cure probably since I was in the <laughs> room. Um, I have, I, there's not like a point in my life where I remember hearing The Cure for the first time because it's just always been playing, um, it, it like it's it's just always been playing in the car any going to vacations upstate uh you know i've seen the cure with my dad a handful of times maybe i've seen him maybe like three times with my dad so far 
and I've inherited all the old tour t-shirts that when my parents were together and they would go see The Cure, anytime my dad bought a t-shirt for my mom, I own all of them now, uh, which is very cool. So that's um, definitely something that, that overlaps with uh, with my parents is, is The Cure and um, a lot of uh, like 80s post-punk type. Oh my god, invite me to a party at your oh, house. It sounds like the music's going to be banging. I love that. <laughs> so that's it for part one of Sydney's story on My Mum Made Me. In part two, we're going to be getting deep down and dirty about what it's like working with the inimitable star Christoph Waltz. So join us for part two next week on My Mum Made Me. My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. (laughs) Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum Teresa laugh just a little bit more.